Welcome to the Global Luxury Real Estate Mastermind with me, your host, Michael Valdez. Today, I'm really thrilled to have somebody that I've known for a really long time. In fact, she used to be my boss. Um, today, we have Maya de la Vega, who is the owner of One Sotheby's International Realty in South Florida, an amazing leader in our industry. Maya, welcome to the show. Thank you, Michael. I'm so happy to be here and be a part of this wonderful podcast that you created. Thank you so much. It was so great to see you a few weeks ago. It was such a fun time to be in Miami and for me to uh, have some quality time with you, which we haven't had in a while. So it was a wonderful catch up. And thank you again for your incredible hospitality. Thank you. I enjoyed spending the time with you. It was really much needed. It was. It was fun. <laughs> it was a so, lot of fun. Mike, before we get into this great discussion, I want you to tell our listeners a little bit about the Miami market. You know, Miami and South Beach, it's such a global brand. And these listeners of mine are really from around the world. And Miami has changed so much. And it's become such a cosmopolitan city. And there's a lot of international investment. So tell me a little bit about the opportunities in the market that exists now in Miami. Thank you. I would say to you that Miami has truly become the epicenter for this international global market. So we see buyers from all over the world, whether it's Europe or whether it's the Northeasterners now with all the tax implications in their markets are all flooding to South Florida to find tremendous opportunities. We're still, believe it or not, in many sectors undervalued on a price per square foot, even, you know, by sometimes even a thousand dollars a square foot. So we see buyers come in and see that there's still tremendous value for them and there are, of course, segments that are highly um, more interesting to those type of uh, to those type of buyers. Miami Beach is always one. Coconut Grove, all the coastal areas are still highly desired. So there's there's tremendous opportunity there when you look at some of these values for both foreign buyers and also uh, buyers from the U.S. You know, it's interesting. Um, I had obviously. Um, been living in Miami for quite some time. I'm back in New York now. But um, even when I was living in Miami, the trajectory of seeing how the landscape changed was so interesting to me. And you saw you you just mentioned a lot of the Northeasterners that are moving to uh, Florida for tax reasons and to claim residency there. And also even the international footprint that's changed so much in Miami, where you saw a lot of the Europeans, but now you actually see a lot of the Asian money coming into Miami as well, which was not really a phenomenon that happened even 10 years ago. No, and, no, not at all. Absolutely. Right? We're seeing it was more and more Asians coming to South Florida. And I think it's become such, it's so culturally diverse. Right. We've become... Uh, an incredible city that offers, you know, the best restaurants that are anywhere in the world you can now find in South Florida. And so the culinary scene this particular week, we have the South Beach Food and Wine Festival. We have over 450 chefs, both international and nationally, attending the South 
Florida food and wine. And so there's always so many attractions. And of course, the big um, catalyst was when Art Basel came in uh, so many years ago. And that just propelled us to a new cultural um, destination for so many art collectors. And then it just continued to evolve. And for me, it's been wonderful to see the expansion, to see how the city has really evolved into this great, um, great city, one of the great cities in the world today. It truly is. I mean, it's such a brand, right? And you start, yeah, you start thinking about, you know, the, the like you said, it's the well, some of the best restaurants in the world are in Miami. Art Basel that happened as you, as, as you mentioned, and the the idea of the art community really becoming so important in Miami with. Winwood with important museums like the um, the Pam the Perez Museum coming in, um, these star architects that changed the landscape of Miami, like Zaha Hadid, and it's a project that you're representing exclusively. Such an incredible diversity that you just mentioned. You know, you can walk down Lincoln Road, which for a lot of our listeners who may not be familiar with Miami, is a pedestrian street. And that's about five or six blocks long. And from one end to the other, you can hear a dozen languages being spoken. That's right. That's right. And that's what makes us so attractive and brings in so many different um, individuals from so many different walks of life. And there's always something for someone to do. You know, it used to be that it was the weather and it was the ocean and it was all of that that brought people to South Florida. And I think now it's a destination for really so many people from all over the world that are just visiting us. And you yeah. know, the numbers, the numbers keep growing day by day. So, you know, you've accomplished so, so much. And as I said, you used to be my boss and it was just so great uh, to work uh, for you and now with you. Um, in this other capacity that I had on the corporate side. But tell me how you got started in the industry. Before Sotheby's, you mean? <laughs> yes, back. in the real okay, estate industry. Okay. So yeah, I was, um, I was, believe it or not, in the, I was in the aerospace industry wow. with my father, which we used to be um, involved in, being distributors for aluminum sheet and plate. And basically that gave me the opportunity to travel throughout the world. And very early on, I recognized the, the importance of global connectivity. I, I recognized that I needed the support of a great uh, platform to be able to market at the time. Um, once I decided to go into real estate after we sold that company in 1992, I, I just, had my license and started to just dibble dabble. And of course, being a type A personality, I very quickly just started doing it full time and loved it, loved the people aspect of it, loved helping people, love homes, love architecture, photography. So it just kind of really suited my personality. And I started as a top producer in a local firm and a few years later, after I'd had, you know, a lot of success being a top producer, I decided to venture on my own and start my own boutique firm, which was called Stuart De La Vega, SDLV. And we concentrated in the Coral Gables market and basically owned over 50%, probably about 60% of the luxury market there. 
when the Sotheby's opportunity arose, I remember that saying to myself, there's really nothing more than I want than to be able to acquire this brand. It really represented everything that I stood for. I saw, their vi I saw the vision that Sotheby's had. I saw their marketing. I saw where they were going and the expansion they had planned ahead and realized very early on that they could be a great partner in helping me achieve the global presence that I wanted. I also noticed that there was a niche in the South Florida market at the time, and still today, by the way, there is no other company that is truly a global international company. Some companies claim to be international, but they're not because they're just, the relationships are not there. And regardless of how much technology there is out there, and I'm a big technology fan, our business is still a relationship business. So I was very happy to be able to acquire the brand in 2008, right in the midst of the financial crisis. Right. And I thought, what a great opportunity to take this brand and bring it to South Florida and expand and, and let other agents have access to the incredible uh, global network that we provide for them. And, you know, my gosh, it's uh, an expanded you ever. I mean, 2008, you know, there was probably about with uh, with your company and, and the agents you brought over and, you know, the, the I was one of the agents that uh, that remained from uh, a prior um, company. And so when you had about not about 40 agents or so, but now you sort of take a snapshot and you are from Key West to Vero Beach. I mean, forget Miami. And you have over a thousand agents. And, and not only that, but you have market domination in many of the markets that you represent. And, you know, for, for our listeners that aren't familiar with South Florida, take out a map and go and see the distance between Key West and Vero Beach. And to think about that massive appeal that you had and that vision that you had, because you start thinking about the fact that real estate is, is a local business, right? And you were um, uh, a great uh, uh, top producer in Coral Gables. Um, you know, I had um, um, great success in the Miami Beach market when I was selling real estate. So you start thinking about the fact that as you said, it's a people business and real estate is basically a, a, a local um, 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 sort of uh, industry. But when you start thinking about this massive space of uh, land that you represent, how did you do that and still have the success of making it a people business? You know, Michael, I think it's all about creating strong relationships strong relationships and have people operate in, a, in an environment of where integrity and where the agent, you know, are basically at, at the center of everything that we do day in and day out. We are a truly agent-centric company. We were an agent-centric company before the word got popular. And what that means is that we care about the people that work with us. We care about their success. We care about providing the ultimate platform for them to succeed. And we listen. Part of being a good leader is creating a great team and having and listening to what, what's happening in their business, in the overall market. And, and, you know, just really being a part of that success. 
So it's been a great journey for me learning along the way from so many others. I'm also part of a group of companies, which is the Brain Trust, which is the top 10 Sotheby's offices in the United States. And some of the people that are part of this organization have been great mentors to me. I've learned tremendous. Uh, I've had tremendous insight from them as to how to continue to build my business. So it's really all about sharing, caring, participating, letting everybody know that you're there for them. And they, open, they help you open the, the, the door. And then as you create that reputation along the way, then when people are thinking of selling or they're thinking of you know, wanting to expand their foot presence in their market, they, sometimes they even call us today and say, you know, we want to sell or we want to expand or can we talk to you? So it was a lot of, it's, it's, it was a lot of hard work in the beginning. It's still a lot of hard work. It's, you have to love what you do. You have to be passionate about it. And that energy really permeates throughout the entire organization. So I feel very blessed, very, very, very blessed um, that I have been given this opportunity and I feel a responsibility to my agents, to Sotheby's International Realty, to perform always at the highest level and make sure that we're providing um, all the tools, um, everything that, that we need to, to succeed in, in our market. So it's been, wow. I, I, you know, actually the other day I did a whole few days of just going up the coast and I thought, wow, this is a lot of territory that we yes, have. Yes, it is. It's a it lot. Is. So, we, so we really need, you know, our managers are key. Yeah. We can't do it without them. And we try to instill in them our culture to make sure that they manage the, these offices in the same way that our leadership team, you know, at corporate does. And when I hear the word corporate, I'm like, okay, I don't like that word. I, I, you know, we have to have structure and we have to have, but we want everyone to feel the love and feel that they're still working for somewhat of a boutique firm, if that's possible. But we try to yeah. make it possible as much as we, you know, we can. And, you know, I think you have created that culture. And I think that, you know, what you've created is really a brand within a brand. You've created the one Sotheby's brand as an extension of the Sotheby's brand. And the idea is that when you walk into any office of, of, of yours, there is a greatly designed space that is very welcoming to both your agent and to your consumers. Um, and it's something where you feel really comfortable, right? You just sort of sit in your waiting room and if somebody is finishing a call, you don't mind sitting there because you're surrounded by beautiful art. You have wonderful smelling candles. It's just, it's, you create the atmosphere coming in from the very beginning, which I think is genius. You've really created a brand within a brand. Everybody knows when they walk into a one Sotheby's office. Thank you, Michael. That's very meaningful coming from you. I appreciate that very much. And yes, we try to have, you know, we we're, we want to be great brand ambassadors and we want to, within our brand, really make someone feel special when, and that sense of arrival of knowing they've come somewhere that they're welcomed and that they are offered coffee or tea or whatever yes. it may be. And, and just really, you know, served properly, beautifully. Um, we have to, we have a great brand with a great heritage 
that is all about luxury, all about, and I always say luxury is not a, it's, it's an experience. It's not a price it. point. That's it. It's, it's, you know, we could be selling a 500, $300,000 condo. It doesn't matter. We're, we still take pride in that client when they walk in the door. They're just as important as a $25 million client. So it's really who we are. And I happen to love art. I happen to love architecture. So there's always some interesting art being exhibited in some of these offices. We partner with Young Arts. We curate an exhibition with them to make sure that we're supporting our local artists within you know, high school and college kids that are really trying to make it. And so all of these initiatives really set us apart from other companies because, because they're real. It shows the agents we care. It shows the consumers that were involved in our community. And, and it's really wonderful in so many ways. And it makes a difference. It, it definitely makes a difference. Makes a difference. Absolutely. Right. You know, it's funny. I want to share the story. When I opened the South Beach office way back in the day, you remember, Yes. I was struggling. The market was not there. And I remember we had this one space in the front. And I remember telling my son, Daniel, who is now the president of One Sotheby's, that I said, you know, Daniel, there's always a plan B. And that plan B is that if I have to sell newspapers and green juice or smoothies, I'll turn this into this, into that space, <laughs> into that, so we can make a little money and survive here. <laughs> And you didn't need to do that, did you? Because no, it no, was no, no. such we a great, and, yeah, oh my no, gosh, it was amazing. Not. But it's always it was... there. You never know. <laughs> you can do, you can do a mean thing on a blender. <laughs> but my, you know, you're like, you're like a poster child for diversity. You're one of the very few first Hispanic and female CEOs within our industry. And I know that you're so actively involved in mentorship and, really opening the door for not just minorities, but just for other people. Um, tell me about those, those efforts, those mentoring efforts and the fact that, you know, you, you, as you said, you have a type A personality and it was like, there was never going to be a no. And you focus on your goals and you achieve them, but then you make sure that that door is open for other people to walk through with you. And Always. That's a beautiful Actually, thing. it's so funny that you bring that up today. Yesterday, was um, there's a, a, a local newspaper, I think it's called the South Florida Business Journal, and they had mentoring day. And mm. I immediately, immediately wow. emailed my social media team and my, and my PR team. I said, oh my gosh, we need to do this at One Sotheby's. We need to have days where agents are mentoring other junior agents, where our you know, leadership team is mentoring students from both the university and uh, high schools, and where we can make a difference and help people in the community aspire to want to engage and become and enter the real estate profession or, you know, technology or whatever one of our departments does that could be interesting to somebody. So we're just going to engage in that. This is a new initiative that actually just occurred to me yesterday. Oh my gosh, we really need to do a lot more mentoring. It's kind of a responsibility. The community has given us so much yeah. has accepted, um, us and welcomed us for so many years. And I, I'm delighted to be able to embark on this new initiative. You know, that was, the, that was really the, the catalyst for, for this podcast, because I started with um, my public speaking now for several years and really mentoring those younger people wanting to come into the real estate market. And in some instances, learning how to break into the luxury market. 
And when you start helping them on a one-on-one -on -one and you sort of see how their lives change, it enriches you so much. And it's, it's such an incredible thing that- I wish I, 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 one of my goals for 2020 is really, you know, I'm so stretched so thin and I'm still trying to, to really make it, um, imp you know, one of my main goals this year is really to give back and to be able to, to the community in, in many ways, whether it's through the Special Olympics that we sponsor or, you know, art or students, whatever. It's, it's really one of the things that I really want to do. You know, let me tell you something. I don't think that I know very few people that are as giving as you. So just for you sort of Thank saying you. that it's sort of like, it just really shows your humility. And I've known you a very long time, Mike. And it's, uh, and you know, everyone around the community, not just in Miami that, you know, I obviously still have strong ties to, um, but it's just really um, just throughout people just talk about how much of not just a leader you are, but so philanthropic. And there is a lot that you do in the community and, and you know, your humility is just wonderful to sort of say, oh, I don't do enough. And it's sort of like, uh, it's a, it, but it's a beautiful statement. Um, you. But you've done amazing things. But, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned Danny. You mentioned Danny, who I also obviously have known a very long time. And he's the president of your company. And tell me about, about that. Was that always your succession plan to have Danny come in? You built an incredible, incredible company and quite an empire. And it's sort of like, and how does, you know, first of all, was that your, your vision? And then secondly, how does that dynamic work with, you know, working with your son every day, or, you know, him being the president, you being the founder, how does that dynamic work? Because I think that's fascinating for a lot of listeners who may be in a similar situation with succession planning of their own businesses. Daniel um, has been my pride and joy. And that's because he's earned his way. He was not given, it wasn't given to him on a silver platter. He right. probably had to work harder than anyone else in the company to earn the respect of others. He is our official, you know, managing broker um, of record. And he's really earned the respect of his peers. He's earned the respect of the agents. He's a solid guy. He's a guy that has tremendous amount of integrity, is also relationship driven, has an amazing personality. And to see him evolve and grow into this role has been very reward rewarding for me because He's really earned it. And it was my dream always to be able to have him step into my shoes. And I think today he's totally ready to do that. He's very active in the community. The agents love him. He's involved. He has vision. And I think he has all the qualities of a leader. He's inspirational. He basically also gets all of the, you know, all of the, financial part of it and what we need to do to to grow our company he's led a lot of the uh, mergers and acquisitions that we've done a lot of this inspiration really came from him his vision to you know have this have an organic have the organic growth with the normal recruiting but also i think he's led a lot of these initiatives so i'm very proud of him i feel confident that he will follow in my footsteps maintain the culture that we've created, add to it and bring coolness and a hipness and 
you know, all the things that we want to continue to be and still uphold to the heritage of the brand and, and still be the innovators and the leaders in, in Florida, in South Florida, which is our market. So I'm very proud of him. And I, and I feel that we're ready to, um, he's ready. I, I'm working on that. Let's see. When. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I've known Danny probably for, for at least a decade and, you know, seeing him when he first came into the company and seeing where he is today as such, not just the, the, the president of one Sotheby's, but a great leader in the real estate industry where, you know, he is quoted regularly um, in, in all of the national publications um, about sort of the market in Florida, the market of how trends are happening. And he is, um, he's an educator of the market. He studies the market. He really is somebody who knows and has the pulse on that South Florida market. And as you say, he's got wonderful, wonderful leadership qualities and is really, um, on, and also a, really a great business acumen in really coming in and being able to negotiate all of these mergers that have helped build your company from such Absolutely. a great sort of start. Absolutely. He takes full credit for that. And, and so we make a good team. And you I sure do. Yeah. We make a great team. And most importantly, I think that one of the pillars of the success of the mother-daughter um, story is that Mother son. Mother son, sorry. <laughs> I also have a daughter. I want to talk I about her too. Um, she's, um, so I think that one of the most important things that I think we both have is mutual respect for each other. So we never yes. cross the line. We truly, if we, if we don't agree on, on a topic, we really discuss it. We don't, we, we have tremendous respect. And I think when you respect each other, then everything else just flows and you can have, you can agree to disagree on certain things, but you continue to, you know, to, uh, to move in the right direction and really in the best interest in this case of the agents and the company. Absolutely. So my daughter is also a shining star. She has chosen not to be part of the day-to-day -day management or leadership team. <clears throat> she she has three small children and and what she does basically is she's built her own business and I'm I admire her very much because I think she didn't want anything given to her I think that because I had to find my way and Daniel had to find his way I think she felt that she too needed to find her way and and what she's doing is she's she's built her own team at Sotheby's and and now is become uh, a shining star and one of the new up and coming top producers for the company and most proud that she did this all on her own. She did it with all her travels and her connections and the people she knows within her sphere. So I'm so proud of her. She's also extremely artsy, creative, does great social media posts and, and I uh, hope one day she changes her mind and, and integrates a little more into this, into the, the leadership part of Sotheby's, one Sotheby's. You are a proud mama, and you have some very talented children, let me tell I, you. <laughs> I am proud. I am proud of them. I'm very proud of them. Let me ask you, you have built this great, great business. What is one of the greatest lessons you ever learned from one of your failures? Oof. Let's yeah. see. That's a tough one. That's um, a heavy one, right? The heavy huh. one. I've... 
boy, there's been a lot of mistakes along the way. And I think one of the, the greatest lessons that I've learned is really not to take anything for granted, to really mm. understand that every day you need to continue to innovate and, and be the best version of yourself that you can be to be able to go out there and think clearly. And, you know, one of my greatest lessons was I had someone that worked for me for about 12 years and, and um, on my personal, personal things. And I just gave her complete trust and kind of open checkbook. And there was a betrayal there and there was money lost. And even with this, I'm still a trusting person, even though this happened to me. So the greatest lesson is make sure you stay on top of everything. Don't ever give anybody so much power that you just lose sight and you've got to stay involved. You've got to stay in the game. I don't care how successful you are. Take the time to look at your checkbook every month. Take the time to, you know, look at the reports that upper management is sending you, you know, what is, you know, the agents, how are they performing? Just stay on it because it can slip in a minute. So you've got to, you can't, you, you've got to relinquish control, but you always have to stay on it. You can't just sit back and ever become so comfortable that you're just trusting everybody around you, even though you kind of have to, to grow. So it's confusing what I've said, but it's very true. No, you know, and, 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 you know, and, and I know of the story that you speak and, you know, and that's, that was a very difficult thing for anyone to go through. It was a significant amount of money that, you know, was, was, was something that you were a victim of. And it's, um, but it's also an incredible lesson that you are um, sharing with, with everyone. And the fact of, it doesn't matter how, far you grow your company, it's always the fact that you always need to know every component of what is going Absolutely. on. Absolutely. You know, it, it's, um, it's even, you know, for, for me now in, in my role where I represent six brands, it's to me, I sit there and I look at the numbers on a monthly basis. And I know what every office is doing. And if I look, not only do I look at the monthly numbers, but I look at what their five-year projections had been, historic numbers had been. And so if something is going wrong, you know that there's a, the numbers don't lie. You know there's a story there. There's Somebody story may not there, tell absolutely. you, right? Absolutely. So it could be there's a partnership disagreement. It could be anything. But the numbers are suffering. The business is suffering. And then that's when you want to go back and say, listen, I'm here for you. Tell me what's going on and how can I help? That's so right. those are always the ideas of not waiting for quarter end numbers and realize that you're down 30%. Right. No. And also like stay on top of your industry. In other words, this yes. morning at 8, 830 AM, Realogy had a call and guess what? We're one of their franchisees and I want to listen to what's happening at the corporate level. I want to understand what their plan is and what they're doing and what their numbers are and how that could potentially impact the Sotheby's brand and myself. So I was on that call at eight 30 this morning. Just I was on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was on that same call and yeah, I'm in yeah, LA so, at the moment and it was five 30. <laughs> <laughs> so but I was right. happy to hear that he's feeling, you know, Ryan Schneider's feeling very positive about our outlook. I, sure. I happen to agree with him. I think some of these 
uh, competitors that were in the market that were just so reckless in terms of how they were going about building their business is we've seen that easing and, and I'm very happy to see that. And so I share in that perspective with him. So you've got to stay on it, all of it. And it's important. A million percent, a million percent. So Maya, I'm going to end with one question that if you thought the last question was difficult, <laughs> this is a question that I like to ask a lot of my guests and um, especially those that I know well, like you. Um, so the question is, what's the legacy you'd like to leave? Oof. <laughs> so much. I could sit here and talk to you for an hour or more on that, but I think more than anything that I, that I, first of all, that I was a great mother, sister, um, you know, that I was a great person that had nothing to do with what I built, just who I mm. intrinsically am. And that I, you know, was able to share a lot of the, my failures and my success with all of those around me. But most importantly, I also believe that Sotheby's, one Sotheby's is a huge part of who I am. And I think from a company perspective, I'd like to, the legacy that I'd like to leave is that, that I build a company with a culture that is like no other, that people are proud to be a part of this organization. They love the leadership there. It's inclusive. We, we all are, our voices are heard and a culture that is always that one person inspires the other to do better so that we can create and build upon everyone's ideas, not just mine. And that, that we can become, I think we are one of the greatest, you know, real estate companies in South Florida today and really continue to build upon that. And that when I'm not here one day, that that legacy lives on of a company with integrity and culture and and heart and most importantly passion i want everybody that works in my company today and tomorrow and you know 10 or 15 years from now to always be passionate about the brand about who we are and what we stand for and that's really and just be a good person and really stay humble and never let it get to your head, work hard and make sure that you're passionate about what you're doing every day. And I think people feel that. So that's about it. <laughs> well, that's, that's beautiful. And it's, uh, it's something that you have achieved already. So I think that you've laid the groundwork for your Thank legacy. You. Thank you. And Maya, you know, I've known you a very long time and I am so humbled to have you in my life, to have your friendship to really have your mentorship and really just um, the, the relationship that we have and the friendship that we share. And I thank you so much for the conversation today and for being on the podcast. Thank you, Michael. I just, one last um, Please. thing that I'd like to share is that, you know, I really live in gratitude and I, I really do. I, I feel very grateful and I feel very blessed and I don't take anything for granted. So that being said, I'm grateful to you for believing in me from day one. I'm grateful that you are my friend. I am so happy to have seen you evolve and be in the role that you're in today. And 
I, I think you're such a great leader at Sotheby's International Realty. And I'm sure they really appreciate you tremendously. They're crazy if they don't. So grateful to you for allowing me this opportunity to talk to you about so much in, in a short period of time. So thank you so, so very much. My, I, I just echo that. Thank you. And um, thank you to all the listeners um, for listening today. This has been the Global Luxury Real Estate Mastermind with me, your host, Michael Valdez. Thanks again. And oh, <laughs> you did amazing. Oh, wait.